Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 21st, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperneich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. Dot com as we are yet again one day closer to the NBA trade deadline. We'll be talking a lot more about that and some of the thoughts surrounding the Magic's trade deadline strategy, specifically at the point guard position on today's show. Just kind of catch up a little bit on the rumors. We'll get to that. I'll, I'll share my thoughts on the DeMarcus Cousins situation. As it did appear, the Magic showed at least some nominal interest in Cousins, but decided not to pursue a deal. Um, obviously, uh, obviously that they didn't make a deal. He's in New Orleans right now, and or he's heading off to New Orleans once the All-Star break ends, which it will very, very soon. Um, the Magic are scheduled to practice Tuesday. Um, I, I, I found that odd. I don't, I don't think they were originally scheduled to practice Tuesday, but um, they are scheduled to get back to work as the long weekend finally ends and the Magic get back to work for the rest of the season, of course, that could be thrown up in the air with a trade that could happen before Thursday's 3 o'clock deadline. I'm going to close the show as well, talking a little bit about the draft and some of the draft prospects that I like, that I've seen so far. I feel a little more comfortable uh, with this draft class uh, now that I've turned some of my attention. I'm probably a late adopter on on focusing on the draft, but it is pretty clear the Magic are going to have a, a top 5 or 6 draft pick in this year's draft. Uh, and so it is time for us to turn our attention to it and at least begin familiarizing ourselves with the prospects. So I'll, I'll go over a few of the prospects that I, I really like in this year's draft. But let's start with the more immediate uh, the more immediate uh, uh, item here, and that is the trade deadline. Uh, the Orlando Magic made their big deal last week, a, a one week ago on Tuesday, when they dealt Serge Ibaka to the Toronto Raptors for Terrence Ross and a first-round pick. It's going to be the worst of the Raptors' two first-round picks, so likely the LA Clippers pick, which will come in at around 20, somewhere in the late 20s, probably like 25, 26, um, it's looking like. Uh, this this is a, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a lot going on still. Even though the Magic made their big deal, they're, they're, they've said they're going to be active, it does not appear the Magic are going to sit tight. Having said that, when, when I look at the Magic's trade strategy, I don't see it as one of panic. Um, or at least one that has a lot of urgency. Serge Ibaka, they needed to trade immediately, or they needed to trade before the trade deadline. That was the only guy that had a ta- had a had a clock to when they could deal him. The rest of the players are looking to deal. It's not they're not going to take the best offer. They're going to look for a deal that works for them. That that's going to make the team better. So people who you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about Alfred Payton in a little bit. But people who are ready to trade Alfred Payton or give up on Alfred Payton. The Magic aren't going to trade him just for the sake of trading him. There's no reason to to do so unless it truly makes your team better. And that, of course, leads to the to the big rumor that's been floating around that that appears to be quieting down some, uh, at least with the information that's beginning to leak out. Um, there was a report that the Magic had uh, 
discussions with the Detroit Pistons over Reggie Jackson uh, that included uh, you know a deal centered on Jeff Green and DJ Augustine. Uh, typically, when it comes to trades, you know, especially you know people who send me trade machine ideas, if a trade sounds too good to be true, it probably is, unless it involves the Sacramento Kings. Uh, and in this case, that trade did sound very too good to be true. And, and you know, my approach to it, I'm not the biggest Reggie Jackson guy. Um, if you read Zach Lowe's post about the Detroit Pistons from last week, um, Reggie Jackson's definitely slowed down a step from last year. He's still producing pretty well, but the Pistons struggle when he's on the floor. They're better with Ish Smith, statistically at least. Jackson's got talent. He's coming off in the injury. He's got, you know, he's 26, so he's got plenty of time to grow, and he's within the Magic's timeline. I mean, all these players are virtually the same age, but he's not a great jump. He's not the best jump shooter in the world. Um, he's obviously had some issues where he doesn't necessarily make his teammates better um, in, in the long run for the team, and obviously, second year of an extension, why are the Pistons trying to trade him? So those those red flags go up, but at the same time, if you're giving up only Jeff Green and DJ Augustin, that is really, really good value for those two players. If you can get a player like Reggie Jackson, you're clearly improving your team. And as I would argue, he's probably better than Alfred Payton anyway. So that is a move that does make your team better. Having said all that, that's that you know that this is about to make it all moot. Jeff Zilgit of USA Today reports that the Pistons are much more hesitant to trade Reggie Jackson than maybe initially reported. Uh, and while the Rob Hennigan is a big fan of Jackson, they're probably not going. They're probably not about to raise the price to go get him. Like I said, and even with Reggie Jackson, I mean, I think this is an important point to remember too. Reggie Jackson is under contract next year. Yes, the Magic would lose the benefit of Jeff Green's contract in negotiations, but there's no panic. There's no real rush to make a deal on either side. The Pistons are in the playoff race. They can say, you know, we think we can still get into the playoff race. We still think that we can compete. And Reggie Jackson's an important part of that. We're going to hold on to him. And then if they miss the playoffs, they can say, you know, we're a little more ready to deal him now. And then they can begin discussing a deal. You know, maybe you put together a package centered on DJ Augustin uh, and, you know, maybe Mario Hazonia, uh, you know, which, which as it's been reported, the Pistons really like because of Hazonia's relationship with Arn Tellum. Uh you do a, a deal of Peyton Hazonia, you know, maybe you throw in the first round pick, that, that, that second first round pick, and bring back uh, Reggie Jackson and another young player. You know, maybe maybe they're done. Maybe they are done with Stanley Johnson, uh, although Stanley Johnson's played a lot better. Now, I'm, I'm just falling off the top of, the head, off the top of my head here. I have no clue if any of this is true. Um, but just because negotiations happen at the trade deadline and, and seem to have the trade deadline as a deadline doesn't mean they stop. This is what I mean by the Magic not being in a position where they have to make any of these deals. Nikola Vucevic is going to be available at the trade at the, at the draft as much as he is at the trade deadline. Alfred Payton is going to be available at the draft as much as he is at the trade deadline. These key pieces that the Magic have that they can move are not going anywhere. And so the 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 need to trade them isn't as great. It's not like Serge Ibaka, where if you don't trade him by Thursday, he's gone. You don't get him back. And so that's what I mean by just staying a little bit patient here, really assessing what's available, and making sure you get a deal that truly improves your team. And and Pistons, I'm sure, are thinking the same thing, where we don't have to deal with Reggie Jackson. We can live with him. We're exploring the market a little bit. 
we don't have to make it. They're, they're not as motivated to make a deal. Uh, once that motivation changes, though, you know, maybe they get some more information. Maybe they plan their summer out and they, they take, they test the waters over what's available. Then maybe some change gets done. Uh, like I said, that the deal that was floated out there on its face looked, looked really good, looked too good to be true. And it probably turns out that it was. Of course, that could change hourly, I guess. It could change regularly. By the time you listen to this, that, that could completely change. Uh, and so that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. It also came out this weekend from Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders that the Magic were sniffing around for a few other point guards as well. I'll maybe talk about that a little bit in the next section. I do want to get to, to DeMarcus Cousins and, and some more thoughts about him. Uh, but uh, generally, the Magic were, were kind of fishing around for uh, Reggie Jackson of, of the Pistons. Uh, they were fishing around at uh, Brandon Knight of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I have strong opinions about him. Uh, and they were also fishing around for... Let me. I'm already forgetting the name. Drew Holiday of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I think it's relatively safe to say that ship has sailed and that uh, Drew Holiday will be staying with New Orleans uh, for the time being considering how much their fortunes have changed. Which is, of course, a a good transition then to the big trade that everyone's still talking about, still trying to wrap their heads around the Sacramento Kings trading uh, DeMarcus Cousins to the New Orleans Pelicans for... Buddy Heald, Langston Galloway, Tyreek Evans, a 2017 first-round pick, and a 2017 second-round pick. Uh, that is the kind of deal that just—it's it, amazing, really. I mean, I think uh, a lot of people suspected the the Kings were not going to deal with DeMarcus Cousins yet. Uh, but there were warning signs, of course, and there were certainly some signals that, that a trade closer to the deadline— was preparing to happen. Uh, if if you look at some of the uh, reports that were coming out, and, and, and it depends on how much you want to believe in these reports, uh, Rick Buecher of Bleacher Report posted a video on Friday saying uh, that the Magic had turned down a trade earlier in the season or earlier in the summer, uh, giving Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and first-round picks to the Kings for DeMarcus Cousins. And, of course, that's the kind of you know, explosive rumor that gets people talking and, and gets Magic fans a little angst and antsy. And it does appear that that, that there are multiple sources now. Uh, Buker reported Buker reported it uh, as well uh, later on in the weekend saying the Magic were indeed one of the teams that were talking about Cousins but just kind of balked at the at the asking price or, or not necessarily balked at the asking price but balked at the responsibility that comes with Cousins uh in his video, he said the Magic kind of turned the deal, turned away from the deal because they didn't want to deal with another temperamental center. They they had that experience with Dwight Howard, uh, and they weren't sure they'd be able to re-sign him. Uh, the Vertical also reported the Magic were among the teams that had conversations about DeMarcus Cousins, and a Nikola Vucevic-Evan Fournier package certainly would suggest that that would get the job done. It, 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 at least immediately, that haul is a lot better than what the New Orleans Pelicans stated. And, you know, I can't count how many times in the last 24 hours that someone has said, couldn't the Magic have offered something better than what New Orleans did? And the answer to that question is, yes, absolutely. New Orleans, uh, Sacramento said they were looking for young players uh, and draft picks. And so if the Magic really wanted to, they could have offered Nikola Vucevic or Evan Fournier or both 
a first-round pick, whether it's this year or next year. I suspect Sacramento would want this year's pick, considering they're about to they're they're somewhat tanking to ensure they keep their pick in this year's draft. Possibly they ask for Aaron Gordon, um, but there are plenty of assets, and and yes, there are, there are plenty of reports that Sacramento loved Buddy Heald in the draft. They really wanted to take him then, and uh, the Sacramento Kings principal owner uh, Vivek Ranadive had a fascination with Heald, and and that was a big sticking point in in doing pursuing this particular package in a Demarcus Cousins trade. This is something that we certainly can debate. I think that this is this is a a when you come down to trades and you come down to building your team, it's about what is acceptable risk. What is the risk you're willing to take for your team and its and its future and its franchise? Are you willing to mortgage some long-term assets to get a short-term gain? Are you willing to is is getting a star so important? that it trumps everything else. And these are legitimate debates over what's more important to you as, as a fan, as a, as a manager, uh, as a franchise, and, and as an organization. These are really, really important things to discuss. And so, I looked at this DeMarcus Cousins ordeal, or this trade, and came to the conclusion based on what's been reported, such as what Buker, Buker said about the Magic not wanting to take on uh, you know, the cousin's personality. Um, that's something, again, up for debate. Um, the ma- I think more importantly, the Magic didn't want to take on the risk of having him walk in free agency. There are plenty of reports already that Cousins' representation, and he is represented by Dan Fagan, um, who was Dwight Howard's agent when he forced his way out of Orlando, uh, that the Kings turned away better deals because Cousins' people pretty much killed him. Or the Cousins agents called the other teams and said, we're not re-signing here, and that caused teams to back away. And if you really think about it, let's let's say the Magic offered Vucevic, Fournier, and a first. Next year's first. Not even this year's first. Next year's first. For DeMarcus Cousins. Is that enough to keep Cousins in Orlando? What happens if you aren't able to build a playoff team around Cousins? And you miss the playoffs in 2018. Or you have another disaster season like this one. And now your first round pick is gone. And you're losing a superstar in DeMarcus Cousins. And your leverage to trade him is much less in the summer before he becomes a free agent than when you have that cushion here to convince him to stay. And so I think when you look at those added elements it becomes clear the Magic were not comfortable making that commit, making that commitment to Cousins and making that commitment with their franchise's assets. Orlando wasn't willing to sacrifice their future just to bring in a star for a year and maybe get to the first round, maybe not. Rob Hennigan and, and Alex Martins have said they're all, they've been looking to make a long-term vision and it feels like this year's playoffs are bust. But clearly, it's not completely playoffs or bust. Clearly, the Magic are trying to maintain some flexibility and maintain the ability to continue growing. When they acquired Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka was a player they thought they could re-sign. If they made the playoffs, 
They'd have the ability to continue growing, the ability to still trade Nikola Vucevic, possibly even Evan Fournier, uh, to improve the roster. They'd have Aaron Gordon growing. They'd have Alfred Payton growing as a possible trade asset. They had options. If you trade some players for DeMarcus Cousins for a year of DeMarcus Cousins, because this year's a wash, it's going to be tough to make up a six and a half game deficit in 24 games. To get to 38 wins, they're going to they're gonna have to go 17-7 and seven to get to 38 wins. And that's where it looks like the playoff number is going to fall. This team hasn't won consecutive games since December. So going 17-7, and seven, excuse me if I'm a little skeptical. And I think most, most people are too. So this year's already a wash. So you add in a rookie who you don't know if that's going to be any good. You've got a roster that already seems like a poor fit. And maybe Cousins makes players fit and... You can go out and acquire players better, but you just don't know. And on top of all this, Cousins, as the primary player in an offense in Sacramento for seven years, has won 30 games only once. Cousins is a hell of a player. He is a really good player. One of the best players in the league. And Sacramento, uh, no offense to, to the Kings and Kings fans, Sacramento is a dysfunctional organization. And they haven't helped Cousins much either, as far as building a team that that he can build around, that he can grow with and 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 succeed with. The question for that the Magic faced when they were probably analyzing this deal is: Can we do enough in one year to convince him to stay? When it came to Serge Ibaka, they felt like they could. And obviously, that was the risk that we believe we can. We feel comfortable that we with what we have remaining, are close enough to the playoffs, and what we're planning to do this summer are close enough to the playoffs to convince Ibaka to stay. And we're willing to pay him. Cousins, of course you're willing to pay him. He's a max player. But clearly, they don't feel comfortable that they have enough to convince him to stay. With all the other baggage that's coming with, that that he's bringing with him, and, and I mentioned some of it already, as well as what this team is truly capable of. It sounds nice in theory just to say, go get a star and figure it out later. You go get a star and you have only a year to, to convince them to stay and you're already against the, against, the, against the wall there. I think that was just too much of a risk for the team to take. And I like, I like Cousins a lot too, but that's probably a risk that I'm unwilling to take as well. You're free to disagree with that. You're absolutely free to say, no, they need a star, they need to make the playoffs. If you make the playoffs, he'll stay. That's essentially the risk, though. That's essentially the argument, is where do you fall on that line? If you make the playoffs, would DeMarcus Cousins stay in Orlando? My answer is, I don't know, and I'm not willing to commit a ton to find out. And again, of course, you're free to disagree with that, but that, that, that's where I fall on, on this whole thing. And I've already gone 20 minutes, and I, I can't believe that. But um, there are a few things, a few other things I wanted to chat about on today's episode. Um, the big thing is, right now, the Alfred Payton question. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. 
Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Uh, when, you know, Alfred Payton's, uh, like, like I said on yesterday's podcast when I was doing my trade value trade value column uh, recap, um, which you haven't, if you haven't read that, be sure to check that out on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Alfred Payton's probably the most polarizing player on the Magic's roster. He's probably the uh, uh, the player that, when he's playing his best, is really, really good and makes the Magic a really good team. They are a playoff team when Alfred Payton plays well. Because when Alfred Payton plays well, he's getting everyone else involved. He's scoring and attacking aggressively, and he's, and he's doing all those things that, that he needs to do. But as the season's gone on, it's become also abundantly clear that he can't do it every night. And to me, of course, that the trick in the NBA is not what can you do on any given night. Terrence Ross scored 51 points in a game one time. It's about what you do every night. Not once in a while, every night. And I think if you are an Alfred Payton fan, if you're you know, wondering why are the Magic searching for point guards in, at the trade deadline, likely in the draft, maybe in free agency again, it's because Alfred Payton has not provided that consistency. Alfred Payton has not taken a huge step forward. He's, he's taken some steps forward. I'm not going to say he's had a terrible year, but Orlando needed more from him. And you can see their faith in him is a little rock after pretty much going to bat for him last year when he did have a very bad season. Alfred Payton is back coming off the bench now. It's the second time he's been removed from the starting lineup. Orlando can't seem to settle on who their starting point guard is. Right now it's C.J. Watson. And part of the issue, at least, is just the consistency from Alfred Payton. I mean, part of the issue is Alfred Payton's shot is better, but not great. Certainly not respected yet. He's not always in attack mode. And it feels somewhat his days as a starter in Orlando are completely numbered. If you're pulling a player like Peyton, a young player that you want to develop from the starting lineup at this stage of the season. You're really beginning to lose faith in the guy, it seems like. And it just feels like the latest benching is a sign, is a true sign that the Magic need a new point guard, a new starting point guard. And of course, they've been exploring Reggie Jackson. They've been exploring they, they they allegedly you know they've explored a lot of point guard options. It, it feels like as the trade deadlines come near, and it feels like with this draft, there's also a ton of good point guard options as well. The truth the truth of the matter is, and this is something that that we've thought about a lot, is this Magic backcourt with Peyton and Fournier just. It hasn't meshed well. It's not to say Peyton Oladipo would have worked much better because both you know both those guys have the shooting issues, but 
they both could attack the basket. And, and Fournier struggled. He's not a great attacker. He's not a great playmaker. Uh, but a big part of the reason why so much of the Magic have struggled this year is that lack of spacing, which Peyton is a part of. And Frank Vogel's had to play around with the lineup to try and get that spacing properly. It's going to be really tough to see Alfred Payton as a full-time starting point guard in the NBA after the season. Because he's kind of plateaued. There are are definitely areas where he continues to improve, but it just comes down to his consistency. Can the Magic count on him every night to lead and produce at a high level? And that's a big question at this point. And as Orlando comes out of the trade deadline, who knows if Peyton's going to be put back in the starting lineup. It's, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Peyton is back in the starting lineup at some point this season. He's played well off the bench. Yeah, he's kind of carved a nice niche off the bench with this team. But he's still ultimately their best point guard option. Which again, isn't it may not be saying very much. Because you just don't know what you're going to get from him every night. He could be really good. Or he could be passive and not make an impact. There's still plenty of time to believe in Alfred Payton. There's still plenty of time for him to grow. But a big part of what he has to do next is to play with aggression every time he steps on the floor. Every play. Every time he has the ball, he needs to be thinking attack. And, you know, managing players on the team, obviously. But he needs to be thinking about how he... Will get at, will help his team take take their next step. And that's always a problem, obviously. It, it's it's tough to see Alfred Payton surviving this. It, it really is for me. Because he's had every opportunity now this season to be the surefire starting point guard. And yet he hasn't taken those reins. He struggled. He's been knocked in and out of the starting lineup. And we'll see if Peyton can take that next step in the next 24 games, but certainly feels like it's time to move on or it's time to start making plans. I've said this for the longest time about Nikola Vucevic, and I think it's absolutely true about Alfred Peyton now too. Alfred Peyton is a fine point guard option. You don't just trade him away to trade him away without a replacement in place. But if you find a better option, and like I said earlier, I think Reggie Jackson would be a better option. If you find a better option... You take it. And you don't worry about it. Nikola Vucevic was much in the same boat. Um, he's fine. He's a good starter. He ultimately limits your team. And if you find a better option, you go for it. You search for better options. And it's not, that's just kind of how it is. And when it comes to the point guard position, I think one of the better options, and, and I, I think this about 
the Reggie Jackson situation too, and why I'm a little confused about searching for a point guard uh, in the trade debt in the trade market is this draft is loaded with good point guards. Uh, and Orlando, by happy accident, is going to end up with a top five pick in a very good draft. This isn't like ending up with a top five pick in, in the 2015 draft and getting Mario Zonia, who everyone thought was going to be a good player. There are four or five really good players in this draft. Uh, overall, I would say there isn't a runaway superstar in this draft. Um, uh, some people would disagree with me on that, but um, I think there are some very good players in this draft. Potentially some very good players in this draft. Um, and I think if you're drafting in the top six, which it looks like the Magic will draft in the top six, top top five for sure, maybe top six, you're going to get a potentially quality player. Um, the top of this draft, I really like a lot of the players in the top of this draft. I don't think they're necessarily stars, but they're very good. And so I want to just quickly talk about some of the players um, in this draft to, to keep an eye on, as especially as we head closer and closer and closer to the NCAA tournament, which will get a lot more attention, even though those are just one game. Um, if you haven't seen Markel Fultz play for Washington, get to him now because the, Washington will not make the NCAA tournament this year. Markel Fultz is the real deal. Uh, that kid, um, if there's a player that's close to becoming a star in this draft, I, I think it's Fultz. He... You know, I watched him play a few weeks ago on a bad knee, and he did not look like he was hurt. He pulls up, he's got a really smooth offensive game, uh, really good jump shooter. Try, I mean, honestly, it felt like, not Ben Simmons bad deferring to his teammates, but it felt like he was trying too hard to get his teammates involved at times. And I, I just wanted to say, you know, you need to just take control and be aggressive. You're, you're, you're unselfish, you're unselfish naturally anyway. So if you drive and, and kick, you're going to be fine. You don't need to be as passive when you get the ball. Um, he can hit He can hit the outside shot really well. He's got good, he's got good defensive tools. Uh, I don't think necessarily he's being used well defensively in Washington, and I think a lot of that's because he has to carry almost the entire scoring load. Um, this, this kid is really good. Uh, and, and so if you haven't seen him yet, if you haven't stayed up late to watch Washington yet, do that before the NCAA tournament begins because he's not going to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, get a look at this kid. Uh, if the Magic land the number one pick, he is far and away the number one pick. Number two is where the draft will probably get a little bit interesting, but I think it's there's a pretty clear-cut number two as well. Uh, another Pac-12 guy, uh, Lonzo Ball from UCLA. Uh, what really impresses me about Lonzo Ball is just the rhythm at which he plays. He When he, when he is playing point guard, he just feels like, you know, he's in complete control, if that makes sense. And that's like, I can't even really describe it because he just, as a point guard, I, I like that he has this good rhythm and this this control over the game. He can play, he's really athletic, he can get to the basket, he's really fast. Um, but he knows how to use it well. And the game, like at least at so far in college, the game is always played at his pace, which I think is really important as a point guard, that, that you always control the pace of the game when you're on offense. Uh, and so there doesn't seem to be a lot of panic in him. That doesn't seem there's a lot, of, a lot of jitteriness. He's just, you know, constantly kind of hopping along, which is nice. And then he turns on the afterburner when he needs to. He slows down when he needs to. He's got good scoring instincts. Not a bad shooter. Could probably still use to improve his shooting. 
defensively he's got to improve, but again, most most young players have to improve defense. They, they, they just don't understand it. Um, but Lonzo Ball is a really, really nice player. If you, if you end up second in this draft and he's your consolation prize, that's not bad. The next two players on my list are Dennis Smith of NC State, another guy you got to watch before the NCAA tournament because NC State will not make the tournament. Um, I've actually not watched a whole lot of him, but his scoring numbers are pretty prodigious. Um, you know, guys having to carry an entire college team is really, really rough, and NC State's just kind of a mess right now. Um, and the other guy that I really like, I'm intrigued by a lot, is Josh Jackson of Kansas. Josh Jackson um, is really, really versatile athletic player. Um, and, and most people probably think Aaron Gordon. He's smaller than Aaron Gordon, so he's not Aaron Gordon. But um, he's got the same jump shooting issues as Aaron Gordon. But where I think Jackson is really different is is even though Jackson isn't the greatest jump shooter, he's really, really basketball smart. I, I've seen him make some really smart cuts and just be in the right spot to remain a threat while keeping some spacing for his teammates. And Kansas obviously is a very good team, uh, but he just makes a lot of really smart basketball plays. Um, and I think that's really what what makes him stand out in my mind is he, he definitely does not play as a freshman. And it's easy when you don't have a good jump jumper to kind of get lost in the fold. Uh, but... But Jackson stays involved even when he doesn't have the ball, even though he's not a great jump shooter. He makes defenses, pay attention to them, to him, and when he, they don't, he burns them. And I think that's always a really valuable skill. And I think that's something that makes Jackson really, really special and intriguing in this draft. Um, Malik Monk is another guy that I know a lot of play, a lot of people really, really like. Um, crazy good jump shooter. I mean, he's put up some gaudy scoring numbers for Kentucky, and yes, it's Kentucky, uh, but. He he really makes Kentucky special because you've got to account for him at the three-point line. He's a microwave. He can get hot in a hurry, put up a lot of points, and really kind of embarrass you uh, uh, in a lot of ways. He's kind of been used at Kentucky solely as a spot-up shooter. Uh, he doesn't use—he's really actually pretty athletic and long. Um, there's some defensive potential in him as well, too. Uh, but they don't really use him that way. Um, and and I, I'm curious if that's— him not wanting to be a driver and attacker and use that athleticism, or if that's just what Kentucky's asked him to do. So I think that's a big question for him coming in to the NBA. And the final guy that I think a lot of people are talking about is Jonathan Isaac from Florida State. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, like 6'9", 6'10", small forward type. Um, think he's kind of like Richard Lewis, not really maybe like a stronger Richard Lewis. He He's not afraid to do more power forward things, I think. Um not afraid to get dirty and, and grab some rebounds, but he can step out and hit the three on occasion. Uh, I think one problem with him is when he doesn't have the ball, he do, he isn't very involved. I, I mean, I've, I, I've, I fully admit the two Jonathan Isaac games that I've watched were probably his two worst games this season. Uh, and so I may have missed what a lot of people see in him. Uh, at the same time, at the same time, he has all the physical tools. There's no doubt. He's athletic. He's long. He's got good size. He can play perimeter. He can play down low. He's an ideal four in today's NBA game. And you can, I think you can play him a little bit at the three at the NBA level too. I think he has the athleticism. Uh, but you got to give him the ball, I think, to keep him involved. And I think that's always a, a, a something that he, that makes me hesitant. Um, one thing that he does do well defensively, he uses his athleticism well at the college level. 
Um, you know, playing against smaller guys a little bit too, but but he definitely dominates a little bit defensively, uh, able to grab rebounds, able to fight for boards, uh, and able to block shots too, which is which is a nice skill to have as well. So uh, those are six players um, to, to kind of start us off talking about the draft. Um, all six I can see succeeding in, in the NBA. I, I mean, I think... Um, you know, I I, I kind of ranked them. I kind of spoke about them in, in the le- in my draft rankings at the moment. Um, you know, I think if you're in the top four, you're doing. You're probably going to be okay. If you're in the top five or I think if you're in the top six, you're probably going to end up okay. Um, obviously, plenty of risk with all these guys. It's it's the draft. It's a little bit of a crapshoot, but um, some very very good players in the draft. We'll be probably talking a little bit more about them as we get closer to the NCAA tournament. Uh, and you know, Magic's fate will be a little bit more sealed by then. Uh, and of course, Northwestern will be in the tournament, so I'll be um, partying there. Uh, for those that are interested, and I'm sure I'll do do the reminder when I do my SeatGeek ad later this week, uh, NCAA tournament is in Orlando this year. It is looking like Jonathan Simmons and Florida State will be one of the teams that will definitely be in Orlando. I would not be surprised if the Gators are also going to be one of the teams in Orlando, so it should be a good time at the Amway Center uh, in a month, a month from now, on March 18th, I think, so less than, less than you know, about three weeks from now. When the NCAA tournament begins, uh, should be some some good college players coming through Orlando uh, as the Magic get ready for the draft and as the NBA gets ready for the draft as well. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, hopefully, we got some trade stuff out of the way. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the wires as well. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily for the latest on the Orlando Magic. You can also follow the website at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter as well as maybe give us a like on Facebook. I think we're close to 700 likes on Facebook. Uh, I'd like to see us get to get to 700 likes before uh, before the trade deadline. How about that? If, if you're listening to the podcast and you don't like Orlando Magic Daily on Twitter on Facebook, go ahead and do that. Just just get it out of the way. You know you know you don't have to tell anybody, but but uh, you know tell your friends, but you don't have to. Uh, and let us know. You can also of course follow the podcast online on on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as on Facebook, at Locked On Magic. I post the companion articles to the things that we discuss on the show. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, tune in, and it's been a while. Uh, so if you haven't yet, leave a review on the iTunes. It does help us climb the rankings. I'm sure the Magic will be a very active team at the trade deadline. It'd be nice for everyone to know where to get the latest Magic information. I've gone long today talking lots of trade deadline stuff. I'm sure there'll be more to talk about tomorrow. Uh, so I'll sign off for now. For OrlandoMagicDaily.com and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.